Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 92 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always with by, we still need to figure that out, don't we? With or by Zach Tyler. Zach? Yes. Soccer. Teach, soccer teach yep, yep. rinse repeat yep halloween nice. this weekend oh yeah what was how what would what, the kids go out as i had a, a, a gcu cheerleader <laughs> compliments <laughs> of the lightfoot family that's pandering and then <laughs> and then i had uh, alex morgan my daughter dressed up as alex morgan so okay yeah that one okay i get that all right Yep. <laughs> a GCU cheerleader. Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> blaming the life foots on that one. There so. you go. We, uh, so I went as a, a basketball league organizer. So that nice. was my, co- that was my costume yesterday. My little, very comfortable camo shorts that I seem to overwear now. <laughs> and my, uh, nice little black Under Armour polo that I, I do like. I do like wearing that shirt. So it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good costume for me yesterday. So fall league was good. Chris, Chris and I are going to talk about that later. You'll be, you'll be long. Hell, you may be in bed by the time we record that tonight. Both could be in bed. Yeah. yeah um, but we're going to talk about that. It was a little chippy today. It was, or yesterday, it was a little chippy on week four. Normally I'll, we'll probably repeat this when we talk, when I talk with Chris, but normally it's chippy on week three. And everybody gets kind of settled in for bracket play. But yesterday it was chippy. Lots of technicals being thrown around yesterday. Ooh. Lots of technicals. Had to calm a couple coaches down. And jeez, I like it. And um, you know, in those situations, you know, I'm not actually not really taking side. Well, I'm taking a side. I'm I'm on the side of the officials. That's in my role there, I have to be on the side of the officials. So um but in that instance, between one coach, the other, I, I don't think there was much interaction between the coaches. There had been before in an earlier game. So that was one of the main reasons why I just didn't want them sniping at the scores table. And and they didn't. They, nothing that I saw um, was was of issue. So that was it was cool. It was it was fine. There was there was a lot of a lot of yelling, a lot of yeah, buts. And I said the same thing to both benches and walk down to the end it was a game i wanted to see so i spent the rest of the time watching it so um but anyway it was fun i the fall league is always always enjoyable always good basketball uh, especially this time of year when you know there's otherwise no basketball and uh no real serious injuries we had one scare yesterday our guy your guy richard brooks oh yeah it was it was frightening there for a second uh but then once we got him calmed down a little bit um, asked him what happened. He said he hit his knee on the floor and bruise. Ah, been there. I I know just enough to to feel around to see if there was any 
fracture or anything weird like that. There wasn't, there was no clicking in his knee. No, he didn't feel a pop. There, there wasn't any twisting or any damage, but um, yeah, it was a little scary. He actually sat out for a while and came back in and finished the game. So nice. Um, we actually were sort of conspiring to not let him get back in between me and coach Hatkovich and, but uh, he insisted. So it was good. Um, he was, and they, they ended up winning the league. So spoiler alert. For the uh, the later <laughs> the later part of the show, they they ended up winning the, the, the. I mean, there's we have basically we have three winners. We have three, we have we had what nine brackets, but three of them were like the top teams in each pool. Um, but obviously the 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 really tough varsity brackets, those three pools are extremely strong. And then we had this the younger varsity kids. Um probably a mix of some older JV guys. Um, they are some, you know, some other varsity kids that there, there was a good competition there. And then we definitely had uh, we had a middle school division this year. So it was fun. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, good basketball yesterday, especially um, as the evening wore on, it was, it was competitive and, but yeah, lots of sniping. It was, it was a strange day. I don't know if it was just cause everybody was missing their candy. <laughs> Casey Adams from Fort Wayne, who runs the team focus program, suggested that we should have been passing out candy at the door. That would have been a stellar yeah. idea. So anyway, well, let's get to it. A light week in recruiting. Then you've got a topic we want to talk about, which I that's awesome. So we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure I'll come across as the opinionated ass that I am. But um, no, oh, no, we'll, we'll get it figured out. So go ahead and get us up to date yeah. on recruiting. We'll talk about some of those guys. All right. Uh, let's see what I wrote down here. Uh, Matthew Brown, he's a Indy homeschool kid, 2022. He received an offer from Anderson this week. Uh, Reggie Bass, who's back in the market, got a Hofstra offer. Uh, Carson Jenkins, one of my guys from Fort Wayne Snyder up here, he ended up committing this week to Barry, which is a D2 in Florida, uh, joins Nick Anderson, who is from Lake Central down there. Uh, JQ Roberts, 2023 from Bloomington North, picked up an Iowa offer. And then Jermaine Coleman, also a 2023 from Park Tudor, got an IUPUI offer. <clears throat> then a 2025 kiddo, Braylon Mullins from Greenfield Central, also picked up an IUPUI offer. He, he's going to be good. He's already good. He's, uh, he's, got a little, he's got a little bounce to his game. It's really, really shoot it well. There's, there's some times where he – he gets a little out, gets a little off balance, and then you can see the strength, kind of the lack of strength or that. Well, I mean, it's the lack of natural strength that kicks in, but that, that's the only time. He has got a quick release. Um, his his mechanics will will smoothen out as he gets as he gets older, but he's going to have he'll he'll be an impactful player for Greenfield Central for sure. I, I would not be surprised if he and and Dylan Moles are are up there. Will will both be their their top two scores? I would be shocked if they weren't. Um, and there would be I wouldn't be surprised if he leads him in scoring as a freshman. I think they'll both have have good scoring numbers. I could see the strength issue will be a, a deal as teams start to s- scout and and implement things to to you know to really guard and be physical with him. But he doesn't have a whole lot of care in that regard. He's he's a very confident kid. Um, his, his father, Josh Mullins played at Greenfield and played at IUPUI back in the early two thousands. And he was extremely good. He, 
he was a stronger. I don't I don't know that I remember how what he was like when he was this young, uh, but he was a stronger player than what Braylon looks like he's going to be. And you just look at things like shoulders and things like that. But but Braylon's going to be probably I mean, Braylon's got to have a higher ceiling at this point versus his dad. I don't think Josh would disagree with that, but but Braylon's got a chance to be really good. And I think the rest of it, he's going to put in the work and he is. um He's just, he's going to be fun to watch. He's going to be fun to watch for guys that are, you know, that will follow Greenfield or, or be in that area. I would definitely get out and watch them play this year, especially uh, the next two years when it's going to be him and Moles together. So um, the Jenkins one, uh, the Sunshine State Conference recruits Indiana like no other. I mean, they probably have – Outside of Florida, they probably have more Indiana kids in that conference than any other state. That may be an embellishment, but it always seems like they've got Indiana kids down there. And actually, the Barry team, they've, they've, they've had a number of kids over the years. They've got two Indiana kids. They have Malik Stanley and Nick Anderson. Malik Stanley, a very favorite player of the podcast, at least when I speak, right? Yeah. Uh, from Warren Central. Um, Emory. Um, has uh, where where does he go? What's uh, shoot? Where to go? Um, Emory has a player from. Oh, Jerry Bracy, one of your guys. Yeah, that's a guy you liked a lot, Jerry Bracy, and then Rob Fry from Ben Davis slash Carmel uh, is at St. Leo, which that is one that I had not heard of before. Usually, the ones like Nova Southeastern, mm. they've had a number of kids over the years. Rollins has had another number of Indiana kids over the years. Tampa has had a couple of kids um, over the years. Patrick Bacon and uh, Mackay Biffle uh, from the 2015 and 2016 classes. Both those guys went down there from um, Lawrence North and Lawrence Central. And then uh, Florida Southern, of course, had a had a Tyler Ross, Kyle's older brother, uh, Michael Volovic from Carmel went down there after transferring down from Butler and then Joey Moreland from Fort Wayne, uh, Blackhawk Christian went down there. And those guys were all recruited by Link Darner who then left and, and took the uh, Wisconsin or the Milwaukee job. So, so Florida sun, uh, the, the sunshine state conference has really recruited Indiana pretty hard. And, and I, you know, I can't say that I blame kids for wanting to go down there. Uh, the weather's going to be nicer, definitely during basketball season. So, um, you know, Carson's probably giddy as all get out. He's probably looking forward to that. So um, the bass offer from Hofster surprise you at all that he's that that's where it's at. I mean, compared to where he committed, I think I feel like Hofster kind of is out there, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Colonial <laughs> Athletic is a borderline mid multi-bid league it's not been as common as it was a while ago when of course george mason was a final four team and and uh, you know they've 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 had good good conference you know they had good runs over the years uh, of late it's been a one bid league but they've flirted with multiple bids and, and i need to go back there and find that real quick and get a better view of what some of those schools are because i don't need realignment has really changed things obviously I mean, you're looking at the College of Charleston. You're looking at, um, well, let's 
you're looking at Elon now, you're looking at uh, James Madison, you're looking at UNC Wilmington, um, you know, you're looking at Townsend State, William and Mary. So there's a couple of, you know, there's uh, LT Hatton is down there at William and Mary. And then um, Charlie, Charlie Williams from Carmel is committed to William and Mary, Northeastern, Delaware. I mean, there was a time when, you know, th there was a time where that was a, a multi-bid league. And um, it's, it's not as often anymore, but it's still a solid mid-major mid plus conference. So, but yeah, I, I would kind of surprise some high majors haven't, got, haven't gotten involved with Bass since his decommitment. But, uh, right. you know, we'll see. So... Anything else stand out on this list? I mean, Coleman was really good in the fall league. I mean, there's yeah, probably summer, he shot up pretty well this summer. I feel like. Yeah, he was good. It's he, he's just so long. Yeah, <laughs> so he's so long, and so is JQ Roberts. Uh, you know, he pulls another Big Ten offer, and and you know that I think the thing with with JQ is what we've said before. He's the things that he needs to work on or or get better at are the things that can be taught. And, and improved almost exponentially. That's basically just improving his ball skills, his handling skills, um, decision-making off, off the dribble, and it just really continuing to smoothen out his shot. So I think a lot of that's going to come. It's hard to, it's hard to um, not like his motor and, and his effort at every opportunity. I think defensively he's got a lot of physical tools to be really good on that end of the floor too. So, right. I mean, he already is, but, I mean, it's easy to project how that's, how that's going to look. So that's a good list. All those guys, we cut all those guys. We like, you know, so, yeah. um, Oh yeah. By the way, we've been mispronouncing, uh, uh, Kalia. I can't even remember how we pronounced it incorrectly before. Evidently it's Kakalia. Kakalia. Okay. From, from his, from his mouth to my ears. It was funny. We were tending to Richard to, to Brooks yesterday. And as I'm walking away, we get we finally get Brooks back to the bench. And as I'm walking away, Cleo's standing right there. I said, "Hey, by the way, how do you pronounce your last name?" Nice, <laughs> perfect timing, right? <laughs> uh, I'm the guy that makes jokes at funerals, so um, you know, me asking that question in that moment is is not anybody that really knows me well around Hill knows that's pretty standard fare for me. So, um. Yeah, Kakalia. So, like anything else, it's how you put the emphasis on the syllable. So, um, would have never guessed Kakalia. Kakalia. Although, here's one for the audience: uh, Is it Maconaqua? I mean, it's Maconaqua, right? We we all know what Maconaqua High School is, or is it Maconaqua? Jeez. I think that's as the I think that's as the as that tribe would have pronounced it back when there was a tribe, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that anymore without bending political correctness. I mean, but yeah, Macanaqua is, is how that is also how it used to be pronounced. But I, I assume they go by Macanaqua. I've never really stopped to ask. It's one of those things when, you know, the IHSA draw every year, you hear Macanaqua. So, yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about? This, this issue is yours. It's a great issue. Yeah. It's, it blends yep. in with something that I've get in my ear a lot just because of where I live and who I support, sure. but, but uh, it's not, I mean, it's not a one-to-one -one relationship, but it's pretty darn close. And basically it's, it's how effective has class sports 
been at making things quote fair. So go ahead with what what you what you read. Let's attribute who 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 tweeted it and what what made you think of the topic because it is a good topic. Yeah, so I ran across this today uh, uh, on Twitter after school, uh, and I shot it to you to see what you thought. But uh, a, a sports writer up here in Northern Indiana, Ken Fox, we'll go ahead and say his name, get him his credit. Uh, he tweeted out today, private school versus Indiana update, four private school volleyball teams to play for state titles this weekend. Three of six soccer state champions were private schools. Only Westview was among the non-big school teams who won a title. And then he was asking his question basically was equal footing, in dis- meaning is it equal for private schools and the public schools? All right. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I, I get what he's, where he's coming from. Um, I have some football coaching friends that also feel – like this when it comes to to two a football because we end up having to maybe face like a Lafayette Central Catholic or we used to and then like an, an Andrean school so which are both private uh, and they don't see see that as fair in the in the football realm of things yeah. um, the a solution to them would kind of be like make sure that they're the lowest they can go level wise would be like a three a. They couldn't can't be any lower than a three A no matter what, um, is what their solution to that would be. Yeah, but, I, but I, yeah, there's the two A coaches. That sounds right. great for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and for the record, look, I'm a Carmel guy. It's the largest school in the state right now. It was not when I went through. Um, I coached at Eminence High School for three years. We were the fifth smallest public school in the state of Indiana in a, in a one class basketball era. Uh, we wanted Martinsville. We wanted Mooresville. Uh, we got Mooresville. We got thrashed. <laughs> so that was the reality of that. But we were, we, that's what we wanted. We, as coaches, we didn't want class basketball. I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. Um, I've coached kids at all four classes that have won state championships and, and none are any less fun to follow than the other. Um, I, I'm tired of the word fairness being twisted around to meet people's, um, I don't know if expectations is the right word, to meet some sort of competitive balance. I mean, in football, it's a little different because it's it, – in football, it is a little different. I, I will give them that because you're talking about um, roster sizes – it's a lot harder to field one-way players at, at lower classes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, even as good as Sheridan is, as has always been, seemingly, they have always had multiple two-way guys. And in, an, in, a, in a game where you're playing a larger school or you're playing a private school where those kids are going there specifically for a sport, it can be troublesome when you have to considerly, when you have to continually go against guys that, um, maybe not specialized, but again, they're there to play. They're there to play athletic. You know, they're there for athletic reasons. Right. Um, but in other sports, so I might give football coaches a pass on how they react to this. But in other sports, it's just I get tired of of the definition or the parameters of what fairness means. Um, I I think I would like for the IHSA. I definitely would not be in favor of saying you can't have 
private school football teams below three A. That's that's <laughs> that's self serving. I would that you know how convenient of them to draw the line. Right. Well, that it wasn't necessarily three A. I mean, it was just they shouldn't be lower than a certain area. So, I mean, it could be four A too. I mean, I don't. Well, that's still self serving. That's like saying right. we're not we don't want to play against. Look, if the IHSA does anything, and I'm I'm hypothesizing here i'm not it's not just pure speculation but it's also not based on any sort of knowledge they would they would attach some sort of ratio to private schools and just make it uniform across the board they they would they wouldn't just eliminate you know they wouldn't just eliminate a certain um i mean how many private schools have football at 1a and 2a that aren't just like some of these newer Christian or charter schools, right? Are there a lot of them? I mean, what's Andrean? Yeah, Andrean's a Catholic school. I mean, they're and they're two A. They're two A. Are, are they really two A yeah. in football? Yep. Well, look, I, you know, obviously Carmel takes a lot of flack now, the last decade because of the size of the school and the number of championships they've won in basketball. There's a discussion on John Harrell's website, his forum that somehow turned into Carmel. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that got to be. Somebody made a comment about Carmel. I chimed in. Um, well, it was about transfers and somehow it got discussed that obviously nobody feels sorry for Carmel, which is true. It's fine, <laughs> but no one's ever felt sorry for Carmel. Right. Um, we, we've grown up that way and that's, that's how that works. Um, but the last decade, people have been like, well, Carmel should split. Carmel should split. There should be, they need a second public school. And my answer to that is flat out. That's, that's bullshit. You know, um, there's only, schools shouldn't make decisions based on athletic reasons. I, I think everybody would agree that a high school system should not be making decisions about the overall quality of their or the the overall offering of what they have based on athletic success easy to say when i live in a community that has had a lot of athletic success but they've always had a lot of athletic success or they have at least since i've been aware i mean they've won every girl's swimming title since 1986 and the pool that they used to swim in before what they have now the one they have now is beautiful but the pool they used to swim in was a dungeon. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was virtually a dungeon with, with pool lanes, pool lane dividers in it. Um, it. It was awful. And there was no ventilation. It was miserable to be in there. And, you know, Carmel is a situation where I don't want to go too deep on this because I know that wasn't your intent, but I told you this would be a bigger deal for me or a bigger topic yep. for me or yep. broader to- a broader topic. Right. There's, there's no compelling reason for Carmel to split. And the reason why is because academically they're very strong. Their curriculum is, is as broad as any high school could possibly be in this. State. It's probably the biggest curriculum in the state. And if people don't understand what that means, that means, they're they're mostly their elective classes are just tremendous they they have a lot of options for kids and the ncaa publishes every school in the country their core courses that they that they accept as core classes for the for ncaa freshman initial eligibility they've been there since 2000 
and I know because I've used these to help kids with, with scheduling issues when they're academically borderline, you know, when they may or may not be eligible. And when you go, so you can go through and find your school and you can figure out how many, which courses are core courses. And then you can also take a quick peek at how many they have. And, and Carmel's just got a ton of them. And what that means for students is it's just a, more opportunities for a varied education. That's one of the benefits of being at a large school. Be no different at Ben Davis, be no different at Penn, be no different at Lake Central, be no different at Warren Central, North Central. All those schools have broad curriculums. And there's no reason to split. The other thing, the other main, the, the biggest one too, is that Carmel is just one township. Clay Township, one public school for one township. HSE, when Fishers became born, when Fishers rose from the dust, um, HSC served two and a half townships. And now it's just, and now it's just, um, now Fishers has its own township. HSC has one and a half. And you can bet between, not from not, not too far from now, we'll have an additional high school in Hamilton County that will serve that East Noblesville area suit that's sort of the, the split between noblesville and hse um and what's happening is is that people then this is this is all leading to a point sorry for taking so long that obviously people now are clamoring to have a, an extra class in basketball or somehow divide up the the 4a class to having only 32 teams kind of like they did for football and it's a lot of it is just this reshaping of what the word fair means. That's as diplomatic as I'm going to, or that's as, as harsh as I'm going to say it right now. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of whining is what it is, but it is basically the reshaping of what fair means. And I look at people who didn't think this wasn't going to turn into a private school fest at the, at the non big school levels. When, when class bat, when class sports came into, mainstream popularity were fooling themselves. You know, and I think it was evident right away. Um, any, what, anything up, anything else up there that, I mean, I, I, I sort of stepped on your point. I apologize for that. But, no, that's all right. I um, mean, the, go on. You, you talk. Fair. If you look at through the, some of the replies, like fair comes up a lot. That word fair comes up quite a bit in those private, private school versus public school debate. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're on the point, so you're fine by talking about that word fair and what's fair. And they're talking about recruiting and things. And of course, like that with those private schools, which you, you kind of mentioned also, or hit on not necessarily the recruiting part, but people going to those schools for specific sports. Correct. Well, that that's undeniable. The recruiting part is silly because every school recruits. Right. And the people who complain about recruiting are the people who are at schools that don't get kids that come in that don't attract kids you know indiana has open enrollment mm -hmm. so outside of a school like carmel's one of them that closes their borders you can no longer be an out-of-township kid and go to carmel but I mean, you can be dishonest about it and give them a give them a fake address but you can't live out of township and go to carmel um, that that's a Carmel decision. Other schools are like that too. And the main reason is because they don't want to wake up in the middle of August and have a slew of kids that they didn't otherwise plan on having, you know, I'm sure there's yeah. enrollment deadlines and things like that, but, but 
a lot of schools will take anybody. And with Indiana's open enrollment policy, where basically you're, you know, you're, you get a, you know, you get sort of a voucher, your money, your tax money goes with you. Um, hardly any of these schools have boundaries, actually. Right. Now, the ITSA has their own rules dealing with that. But as far as initial enrollment, none of these schools, I shouldn't say none of them, none of these schools by, by rule have boundaries. None of them. Where are you at, New Prairie? Laville. Why, Laville, why can I not remember that? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot. That's why. <laughs> they have open enrollment there. Oh, yeah. We have kids come down from South Bend all the time. Yeah. So is that fair? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're getting the money like you're talking about. There you go. <laughs> are we getting athletes out of that deal? Not necessarily. No, you're not. Maybe. Well, I shouldn't say you're not. I don't know. You're telling me you're not. I, you know, you're probably We're not. I mean, if not necessarily the top notch athletes, obviously. Right. I mean. All right. So. Without outing who it was you were talking to, if it was the Laville Fort Bill, Laville football coaches. Well, they, you have open enrollment, so why you have no boundaries? Right. So you have the whole state <laughs> and it's a normal public education. You don't have to go through Catholic mass. You don't have to do, you don't have to wear a uniform every day to school. Yeah. You, you just be yourself. You can go to LaVille. That's, that's, that's the part that really falls apart when people start talking about recruiting, start talking about boundaries, start talking about fairness. Right. Is that I would say a majority of the schools have open enrollment, that I would say there are way more schools that don't close their borders than there are schools like Carmel, Center Grove, Crown Point. I'm trying to think of places that I've looked at in the past. Um, anyway. Um, so I don't know. It's I'm just against it anyway. I, I, I hate the word how fairness is used. Fairness is used when people get beat and try to find excuses as to why they got beat. No different than blaming the officials. No different than some kid that's not getting playing time or some kid that gets cut and the, and the word politics is used. You know, nothing's ever fair when, when things are going against you. It's always there's always some other reason. Um, I, I guess I've just never made excuses when we've got beat, when we've gotten beat. Right. And in, in teams I've been involved with. I mean, I've always looked inward and then I've always looked at, at our guys. And when I say inward, I mean at me when I'm coaching. Um, you know, and even I mean, even when I watch Carmel, when we get beat, I, I figure I, my first thought is, well, what could I, what could Osborne have done differently? You know, and I guarantee you, he's thinking the same thing. And then you apply it across the board. And you look at the kids that make the mistakes of the things that we feel like we need to be better at teaching. Um, to me, that's the only way you do it. But but the issue of fairness and again, look, I've, I support a school that has fifty two hundred and sixty eight kids. Um, the, the top of the bottom of four A has always been closer to zero enrollment than it has the top of their class. But no one cared how big Carmel was until 2012. 
they definitely started caring in 2013 when they went back to back. You know, and then what, three years in a row in the state finals game or four, if you were to count, well, I, I have my brain's a mess right now, but, but I mean, basically no one cared about how big karma was until, and, until this last decade. Now, all of a sudden it matters. Um, and Carmel certainly doesn't benefit many transfers. Now this year they might, they got a couple out of state kids moving in, but, oh. but we're talking, we're talking about dudes that, you know, that are, tra- you know, that are transferring and quote being recruited, you know? Right. I don't know. Pri- private school kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of this? this the ITSA needs to find a formula. We're a multiplier. Figure out what the formula is. 1.25, 1.3, 1. whatever, one and a half, whatever it is for each student they have. This should be all non-traditional schools. So this would be charter schools. This would be private schools like university. This would be like park tutor. This would be parochial schools. And this would also be like what you would consider uh, Brebuff and Cathedral as, as Catholic denomination prep schools. One and a half, we'll pick the ratio, whatever it is you want, apply it to their, their enrollment. And that's where their enrollment comes to play when it comes to figuring out which class they're in in athletics. Do you, do you like that idea or not? That's been tossed around a few times over the years. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense and probably help some people complaining about fairness. Well, it would change who complains. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And if it didn't work, and it just turns out that Cathedral's really good. And it just turned out that Chittard's really good at football, regardless of who they play. Right. You know, if it just turns out that they just do things better than what other people do, then we're running out of ways to complain. So, I, I mean, I'd like to see him do it just because it would, it would kind of shut some people up. Definitely. You know? Um but anyway, the, I don't know. I just hate how fairness is used. So that's how that goes. Yep. <laughs> where, yep. <laughs> I, I warned you, this is where I would, I would take it. I, I warned you, this is where I would go with it. So you're fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I football again, football is different. People have argued all the time. That was their main argument. Well, we've had class football for blah, blah, blah. Since however many years, you know, 19, early 1970s. Well, it's just, it's, it's much easier to field a basketball team than it is a football team. Not just in terms of numbers, but also in terms of equipment. I mean, I've seen kids share equipment in football. Yep. I've, seen, I've seen when I've gone to watch basketball kids I've coached, I've seen kids like it's, that play basketball at smaller schools, and then they also happen to play football. I go support them a little bit. I've seen kids, or at least it used to be. I, this is, it's been a long time but I saw kids sharing equipment in games. So you don't really have to worry about that in basketball. So anyway, anything else on that topic? I don't think so. You're, you're giving me the high sign. Like you got to go tuck kids in and yeah. All right, man. Well, that was good. I, that was a good topic. It was nice to, yeah, I'm glad it came up. Nice to do more than just talk. I mean, look, Ken, Ken's a good, Ken's a good journalist. He does a good job up at the Elkhart Truth. We've had some run-ins before uh, on social media when he's when there have been some issues on Carmel um, going north. 
Correct. You know, as if there's other options, as if, the, as if there's other, you know, a lot of other options when it's binary, north and south. Yep. <laughs> um, and Carmel happens to be north of the center line. Um, but um, no, generally he does a great job of covering the Elkhart area. And, Definitely. and yeah, it was, it was a good topic, but, but yeah. So anyway, all right, Zach, you're, you're out, right? You're gone. Yeah. Yep. You and Chris have a nice night. We'll do. We'll figure it out. I'm not even sure when we're going to um, record it, but we will. So I'll let you go and then we'll, we'll, I'll close it with his session. So we'll do the re I'll do the reads then. Deal. If I remember. All right. All right, man. Have a good week. We'll talk All later. Right. See right, ya. We're joined now with Chris Spillman. Chris has done a great job for us for the last three weeks, for four weeks now of um, helping cover the, the fall league, basically. And obviously he is, this is his second year working for the fall league. And last year you did some, did some write-ups kind of on the fly, which was nice yeah. and, and extra. It was cool. And you've, you've been with us a couple times in between podcasting before even this fall league, just talking about guys and games you've seen. So Zionsville kid, right? Yes. Yep. Zionsville. How was the PSAT? I'm a senior. I didn't have to take it. Oh, you have to take it? Okay. Right. Yep. So. So you basically yeah. had a, a couple of days off or a day off or how that? It was a day off, yeah, which is very nice. Yep. <laughs> nice. Zionsville football still going strong? Yes, yep. We beat uh, number number two team in the AP poll, Harrison, West Lafayette, 42-21. Um, and we play number nine, Kokomo, this week, who's eight and two. So it should be another good game for us. Zionsville ranked? Uh, we're 12th. 12th. Okay. Mm -hmm. So play a little bit above your head, evidently. Yep. Yeah. But we are, we, uh, we play a pretty tough schedule. So that's part of the reason yeah. why we're so low. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's always my answer to a lot of things sometimes is welcome to central Indiana. So Zach and I did a, uh, did a segment on private schools winning the lower classes and, you know, and, and they mentioned volleyball and soccer. And I'm sure it's going to prevail a little bit in football, too. You'll probably see um, Chittard roll through. Although I haven't checked to see if who's won, who's lost. I, you know, I know Carmel's still playing. Um, you know, that's all. That's about all I know. Uh, I don't even know who's on the other other part of that bracket. Uh, I think Lawrence North's playing for a sectional title or, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't I don't follow it. I It's. I always say as much as I know about basketball, I know high school basketball. I don't know anything about high school football. I don't. So, well, the, the fall league close. It was a little chippy yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought, like you, like you said, a little on edge. But yeah, but I thought it went well for the most part. Yeah, it was Zach. I talked a little bit with Zach about that too. We usually week three is the the chippy week. It's because guys are. I don't know. It's even though it gets more competitive, it gets more. I mean, the more competitive they are, the more, um, you know, in, in, intense it gets. Mm -hmm. um, the older guys usually aren't as chippy because those those cross pool games. There's only one cross pool game, and it's usually based on mat. It's usually based on you know I match up based on record. So they're usually really well matched games. It's the it's the younger age groups the younger the other pools where 
there are four team pools, and by then they're playing two or three cross pool games, and they may or may not be well matched. Um, that's when you get a couple blowouts and things like that. I, I like having six team pools; it makes scheduling a lot easier. Uh, it, it also allows us to have a little bit more quality control on games, but it or on the caliber of games, but it doesn't because um, the way we shape the pools but it doesn't um, always work out that way numbers wise. I, I think I found some math I could have done a little bit differently this year, but you know, we don't know those things until we see some of the teams and, and realize that maybe a couple of those teams could have been a little bit better. And, and we, we could have, we could have stacked things a little bit differently. So we're going to go through each group of our league, we're not going to do the middle school pools, um, although there will be a couple of middle school names that get mentioned here, uh, a couple of eighth grader names for sure. Um, I'm sure you'll mention one, and I know I'm going to mention one. Um, the, our, the way we do things, it, and it, it changes every year. It's the same principle. Basically, we have sort of a JV set of pools, and then we have this mid-tier varsity set of pools where it's it's probably younger guys who are going to play varsity and it's, and it's um, who, who are the core of these teams and, or it's, I'll just say, I mean, or it's some smaller school kids who we don't know much about that are juniors, seniors, maybe some sophomores that get recommended in. And, you know, and some of those teams end up being better than we think. And some of those kids end up being a lot better. Um, and, and then usually we have anywhere from three to four, just straight out varsity pools where it's, it's it's extremely competitive and those guys are those are the names those are the guys you know um, obviously the the um, the younger varsity kids that uh, there, there are definitely some names there and, and I know I'm gonna I know I'm gonna mention one but then um, but basically pools this year it was pools G through I that were the, the, were the stacked or G through J that were the stacked pools, G H I J. Those were the stacked pools this year. And, and usually there's the two, there's two pools that are pretty stacked. And then the other two pools are, there's probably two or three teams that are really good. And, and it, it kind of played out that way, you know? So we had a team through out of pool H get to the final Horge's team, coach Horge. They were a really good group. Kind of surprising. Not a whole lot of size, but some definite bucket getters. Mm -hmm. It's not a phrase I use. I use a lot, bucket getter. You know, but they got some kids out there just getting buckets. And and when there's not a whole lot of defensive structure, they looked awfully good. And I and I I guarantee you, a couple of those guys are going to really, if not more, will have really good high school seasons. So, so we're going to start with the younger guys and work our way through. And and Chris, we're going to go. Why don't you talk a little bit about pool C's and C and K? Give us, we're going to probably give a couple names, two or three names each, uh, and then maybe chat about them a little bit, and then we'll move up the ranks and and then we'll we'll close her out. But uh, go ahead with 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 one of your with a couple of your names. Yep. So the first one I'll start with is uh, the K two team with Ren Harper, who plays with Trace Slesky, who we mentioned a couple times. He's a five five ten guard from Park Heritage, and I saw two of their games on Sunday and he, he was kind of the X factor in both games that led them to the championship. He was knocking down threes, just was really on it scoring wise and really made some good hustle plays. And really, I mean, he came to play on the championship day when it mattered. And I think he was 
one of the big, big reasons that their team ended up winning the championship this this year. He just really came to play well on the championship day. And I'll talk about Selesky too. He, I feel like he's improved a lot over the past couple of weeks in terms of getting some good experience against, you know, like you mentioned before, high school guys opposed to since he's in eighth grade. Um, but I thought he looked good and he's looking, I feel more comfortable and more aggressive. I feel like there's a few times in the past in the early weeks where he was a little bit, you know, antsy, but I feel like he's getting better and he'll be a really good player in what a year or so for park heritage for sure. So, and Harper will probably be, I think he's a freshman, I believe, but yeah. He is, but yeah. He, yeah. yeah Co- Coach Shelsky had mentioned that I think both of those freshmen, uh, would, would end up getting some varsity minutes. Yeah. I think that's his intention. Now what, how that plays out and how that's earned and decided in real time, I'm sure will be, um, will will we'll be washed out in the mix here starting next Monday. Right. Yeah. Uh, but his, his son was really impressive the whole time. And, you know, he, this is me, this is like me being protective again. He, he was hoping that a couple of the key players like on varsity Christian, Christian Johnson and, and um, gosh, Nas is, I can't remember what his last name is. Uh, the kid that transferred up from Terre Haute North, he was hoping they would play. Uh, but, but they are both football players and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's iffy, you know, on whether or not those guys should be doing, you know, competitive stuff during football season depends on each, each kid. It depends on their body. We, we do have a number of football players that play in the league. Um, and, you know, he was hoping that his son would play with them, you know, or, or that one, you know, that those, and then those other guys would be, would be getting varsity, you know, in the varsity pools too. And, and, you know, it was um, pretty protective of the idea of putting a young a kid that young in those top pools is, was, I was, you know, questioning it. I was like, well, I'm going to put him with basically, you know what, actually it was me. I was the one saying, well, I'm going to put him with Christian and, and Nas, because if, if anybody's going to take heat for why is an eighth grader on our team, it was going to be, I was basically going to throw it to them. So, um, cause we get a lot of that. That's quit putting grades on their, on the rosters when we put them in the app, because, uh, we get a lot of those, we'll get a lot of those phone calls. We like, or a lot of those messages, like, why is my kid playing on a team with a freshman? Or why is my kid playing on a team with a, even a sophomore sometimes? And, it's it's kind of weird. We didn't get as much of that this year, but that's because I didn't put grades <laughs> on the rosters. So there wasn't a whole lot of uh, a lot a whole lot of different. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of issues. Um, sort of a process by omission. So I, you know, a, a kid that I two kids that I well one kid for sure that I know was good the whole time. And the other kid got hurt. Lincoln Taug from from Cathedral. And actually, he he will not he will be looking for a, a new school team. He he is not playing school ball this year, um, but he's a good player. He's 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 very had a very good league. He's a sophomore um, at, at Cathedral, and he is um, you know I thought he was very active and he played hard, you know. And he's he's going to be a kid that you know will probably get an opportunity to play somewhere else next year at a different school. Um, and, you know, I thought he was really good in the league. He shot the ball pretty well. Always a good athlete and, and 
really makes plays defensively. I think he sometimes he gets a little loose defensively, gambles a little bit, but he also has has good instincts and, and can get, you know, can shoot a gap and, and get a steal and make plays. And and um, the other kid I liked was Danny Kelly. We talked about him. He was hurt the last week, so he wasn't able to participate. Six three, six four, freshman from uh, Fort Wayne Dwinger. And that's a kid that I'd be curious to see if he gets to log any of our C minutes this year. I'm thinking not just because Kostoff, Coach Kostoff, tends not to move kids up. And he's um, he's not had uh, the, the benefits of a weight room yet, it looks like. So um, he's a good sized kid for a freshman, but he is um, he's got some he's got to get, you know, he's got to get stronger uh, if he's going to play, at, at, you know, in their. In, in the sag, you know, the, the um, summit, the summit athletic conference game. So, those are the two kids in those two pools I like. Did you have anybody else? Uh, I said uh, BJ Johnson, who's a guard from Carmel, I believe, a freshman. Okay. Um, he's a six-one guard, but I was impressed with his defense. He he did a good job um, on that, and I was also impressed with his off-ball movement. He had some nice cuts in the lane and things like that. But yeah, but he did pretty solid this this week. Yeah. One more name I want to throw out just because of the drive. Brady Weaver from on what team on K1, Coach Calhoun's team or Brent's team. We had two Calhouns this year, two Calhouns coaching two teams each. So, yeah, we did have some confusion there the first week. But uh, he's from Eastwood, Pemberville in Ohio. So that's really close to Toledo. And he's I mean, that's that's a haul. You know, that's a good three hour drive, if not a little further to play and and that that group was a group of last minute signups and we basically threw them all on the same team and they they were definitely more competitive I mean, it was really mostly a lot of kids i didn't know including this guy and they uh they they did really well i thought they were they competed they 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 were in almost every they were in every game i know a couple games got out you know maybe one game got out of hand late i'm going to check their I'm going to check their schedule real quick to see just how accurate I am on that assessment. Um, God dang it. it won't, uh, there we go. Yeah, they went, um, I mean, all their games were tight. Mm-hmm. All their losses, they lost by five. They lost by two. They won by 11. They lost by three. They won by six. They won by 10. And then they lost in that chance. They lost in the bracket game to Coach Turner's team pretty handily. Turner beat them twice, once by five and then once by 27. And then they had the game against Howard County that, that I know was tight midway through the second half. But although I thought those kids played really well together and did a great job. And, and that's the challenge of the teams that we put together individually, especially at the younger age groups um, who may or may not really know how to play especially without the basketball. And it's, it's a lot easier for those older guys uh, to play and adapt, but these kids really did well. And, but, but man, that drive from near Toledo, Ohio, that that's, that was a haul. So really appreciated him coming out. So let's move over to, to pools D and F or D E and F with some of the guys that you like there. Okay. Yep. So I'll start with um, the progeny team. Just, I, I pretty much said the entire team, but the main two guys um, I would say were Ronald Rutland and Cameron Caskey. Caskey's about a 
I'd say a 6'2", 6'1", 6'3", somewhere in that range guard from Pike. And Rutland's a about 6'1", guard from Crispus Attucks. But both of them really willed their team to this championship. I was really impressed with Caskey. He kind of showed a new element of his game where he just, from an athletic standpoint, just took over and was getting boards. There's times where he got two or three putback attempts in a row, and I was just like, that, that's something. And Rutland, he's a great shooter one of the best shooters in the class. And he, he even showed some nice athleticism and had a couple, had a nice dunk. Um, his dad posted on Twitter too. And he, and he, he looked, he looked pretty good too. And their team, they won their championship and they were, they were just a, their, their group worked really well together and Kasky and Rutland were definitely kind of the chauffeurs. The, uh, yeah, yeah Kasky's Kasky, you're, you're kind of cutting then, out there. There you go. Okay. Keep going. No, you're good. Keep going. You're back. Oh, I was just going to say also the second guy. I haven't mentioned this guy, but I was impressed with him again. He was in kind of a gritty game, um, but just from the entire tournament, Jamin Townsend, yep. who's a 6'3", 6'4", guard from Marion. He, I was just been impressed with him the entire time. And yesterday they, they lost 23 to 31, um, which is, you know, not, not very high scoring. But he, I was impressed with his defense in that game. He made some impressive blocks, and he's he's really athletic. And I really would. Yeah, your audio is cutting out again. Yeah, Townsend was one of the names I had listed as well. And I, so. I was just impressed with his offensive ability, too, and some of the games I saw yesterday. Pretty much no one in that game was really on it offensively. But his defense in that game was really impressive, and he used his frame well. And like I said, had some nice blocks, and he's really athletic, too. So, but, yeah. Yeah, 31 to 23. That was a low scoring game. I watched most of the second half, but that was the game where things got a little exciting yeah. from a from a chippiness standpoint. But uh they had had some they had had some excitement when they played earlier too. Um but um you know that was it was fine. There was I I I saw nothing that alarmed me. I I understood some of the some of the issues. It just they were competitive and in, in the heat of the moment. Uh, it was referees did a really good job of keeping things under control. I thought, at least from what I saw. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of excitement in that game and definitely a lot of excitement in the stands too. So, and I apologize to everybody listening. We are having, we're having a little bit of a connection issue. I don't know if it's Chris or mine or what, but um, every now and then he cuts out on my end. If it, it's not cutting out on the recording, it, well, it probably is because if nothing else, I'm the, either it's my end and it's, not it's not going well or it's on his end and and it's not going well but um definitely able to fill in the gaps there for the the four or five seconds when it's, it gets a little quiet so and right now i think he's frozen again so we'll see um townsend was one of the names i had i had listed as well and the other kid i had i mean there we've talked about the that Grand Park Premier Red team, the 2026 group that played up. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the two Carmel guards. Um, let me get their names here real quick. I can't. Um, my brain doesn't always function as well. The, the two Carmel guards of, of Anthony Colner and Cameron Kelly. We're throwing one more name out there, a kid that I thought was was impressed me all the entire time was Cody Evans, the 6'4" forward from Greencastle 
And, and he, I, for a kid that size at that young age, he has a fluid shot. He's a good range and consistent to the three point line, at least as much, at least as consistent as an eighth grader can be. But, you know, they, they played a lot of sophomores in, in this event and they, they were, they were more than competitive. I, and they were, um, I know they had their issues with the uh, Indiana elite focus group team focus out of Fort Wayne, the 2024 kids. Um, but you know, those guys are two, two grades older than them. So, but I, I thought Cody along with the two Carmel guards were, were kids that played awfully well. So uh, let, let's move up to um, pools G and H. This is when we start getting into the, the names that people are going to really, re, you know, recognize for the most part. Um, but let's go ahead, Chris, and get, get some of your input on, on some of those guys. Yep. So the first one I believe is in pool H, which is coach Horge's team. Um, and I, I was really impressed with two other guys, especially Derek Fudge and Cameron Horge, Horge's coach's son. Um, but I was impressed with both of them. I feel like those two were kind of what you called as bucket getters. Um, and Fudge, Fudge is from Brownsburg. He's about six one senior guard, and he scored 32 points in their tough championship loss to Coach Akovich's team. Um, but I was really impressed with just him. You know, he kind of just caught fire and never his, I mean, he never really got cold and he, he was able to hit a bunch of shots. He kept their team in the game at points. He hit some tough threes, drove well and was really confident and aggressive and he looked great. And then Cameron Horge, he's about a six, three guard from, I believe Indiana math and science Academy. Yep. Um, and he, he, he scored really well. I was really impressed. He kind of had a signature step back three. I thought that he hit a couple of times in the games I saw, he just scored really well. And both of them were kind of like, like you said, bucket getters and both of them really willed their team in the games. And I, I was really impressed with both of them. Um, and yeah, they, their team, like you said earlier, they really surprised me too. I, they don't have a lot of size, but they just, like you said, they guys that really can score the basketball. So that, that was their only loss. Yeah. I mean, they went undefeated. So they, they went undefeated in their pool. They won their cross pool game, which was against a, another undefeated team. And then they went through the day and they won their first two, first two bracket games, beating us in the semifinal. And then they, um, they were down early to Hatchevich's team, but then they, they climbed back in a little bit and then, and then kind of, I think the, the things kind of deteriorated from there at the end, right? What was the final score there? They lost by, no, they lost by five. It wasn't, it ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I had Cameron Hordes definitely for sure. I mean, Chandler Jackson is obviously the name there that, that people will know the six, six forward from Warren central. And, and, you know, he, he gets to show off a little bit of his ability to drive in, in, in these games. And, um, you know, and he's going to have a different role this year at Warren central, you know, they graduated Malik Stanley. They gra- We talked a little bit about him earlier in the podcast because of, of um, the, um, of Carson Jenkins who had committed to Barry uh, Malik Stanley is at Barry. So we talked a little bit about Indiana guys that are in the sunshine state conference down there in Florida and, you know, so Stanley's gone, Sean East is gone and, you know, it's going to be him and, and Deontay Davis and, and then a group of kind of, I don't want to say untested guards, but definitely guards that aren't, you know, haven't been getting, you know, weren't logging major minutes in major roles for the varsity team up, up till now. So 
they'll, you know, there'll be an adjustment period and they'll, they'll turn to Davis and Jackson to, to carry them through. But a um, couple of other names I thought in, in pooled, in pooled G and H, you know, the, the Spalding twins from Eastern Hancock, Jacob and Silas, they're, they are identical, at least from the outside. <laughs> It's kind of hard to tell one of them is more of a point one of them is more of a shooter and, and i do think there's a little bit of a better there, there's a little bit of a differentiation between the two as far as shooting goes ask me which one is which i have no clue uh they, they both play well coach spalding was coaching them he's allowed to coach his sons in, in, during these times of the year um he's out there running pairs which is a version of motion and they were undefeated they went undefeated in their pool games and they ran into a good coach Horge team. And then I'm trying to gonna see who they lost to in bracket play. Um, who they lose to in bracket play. They lost their second game, their first game. Well, they lost to Hatkovich. So they lost to Hatkovich in their first game. So Hatkovich got them, got them early on yesterday at four o'clock. Uh, but but those the, the Spalding twins are gonna have a really, I mean, they were good last year. It's as good as Eastern Hancock has been in a while, and they're just going to be even better this year. And then also on their team, Sam King from Columbus North, 6'7 forward, senior forward from Columbus North. Um, with, with Blake Barker gone, uh, who graduated and went to Army, um, he, they are going to have sort of a rearrangement of roles there at Columbus North. And Sam King, I think, is going to be a key one. So not, not that he wasn't a big part of their success last year, but but he's definitely going to have to step up because Barker absorbs a, a lot of touches and a lot of usage. So you got anybody else? I've got a couple more names, but do you have anybody else to, I got one more name, but do you have anybody else in pools G and H? I, I had from uh, coach Adams 23 team, uh, Dayton Hoover. He's okay. a 65 wing forward player from frontier yeah. frontier up North. Um, and he, I thought he was, I thought his shot looked really good and he, showed a good ability to drive and really I thought showed I don't know what position he plays normally but I think he showed good stretch for ability and he scored well and helped lead his team and I thought they had a pretty good tournament overall but he he was really impressive on this Sunday games yesterday so yeah and, and for Frontier he'll do a lot of things yeah. you know he's he's gonna have to and and he's you know he's got size he's got a, he's gonna be a, a matchup issue on, on their schedule but yeah, I thought he was, I didn't, I got to see one of their games and, and he was, he was, you know, he was pretty effective that game, but one name I have left in that, in that, in those two pools is Ian Stevens from new pal six, five. Um, just as he's continued to grow, he's, he's thin. I mean, he's going to have to, you know, he's going to, that's, that's going to be a thing for him as far as college goes, but watching him just improve his toughness and just because he's continued to grow, He's added stuff to his offense, his offensive bag of tricks, so to speak. He's not afraid to try to post people up when he gets smaller matchups. Um, but really, really liked watching him play. I mean, we we played them and, and we we put a, we put some resources to making sure he had, you know, some definitely one of our better defenders on him. And he's just a pretty complete player at six five. I mean, he's he's not going to wow you athletically, but he's smart with the ball. He's, he's a good passer. He can, he can pass off the dribble. Um, I think when he puts the ball on the floor, he's probably more apt to drive and kick 
or if he can get to the rim, great. He's not going to pull up and shoot a whole lot. Um, but he is going to be able to catch and shoot, and he is going to look to get in the post and and maybe even back down, you know, take like sort of pivot out a little bit and um, get his back on his defender and then and do a quick little post up that way. But he, he was good in the games I saw, and he was pretty good against us. Uh, we, we were able to pull away at the end and win, but but he was still pretty effective against us. So anybody else there before we move up? No, that's all I had for those. All right, man. So, pool I and J. We could name everybody in Pool I and J, yeah. couldn't we? I mean, that's pretty much, yeah. I mean, this is this is where the big boys, the real, you know, the big boys are playing. Like I said, the pools G and H. And again, you look at Horge and how well they were in bracket play. You know, Newton's team the same way. It, it was pools G and H probably had three teams each that that were really, you know, that were really competitive or could have been really competitive against anybody. Um and the rest of it was kind of unknown, but but these but these two pools, this is where most of the big names were, and and um, so let's get let's start naming some. I mean, we could name freaking everybody, yeah, right. I mean, really, in stretches <laughs> especially. So go ahead and go and and give it give us a couple of names. Okay, so I've got about four guys that really stood out from Sunday. First, um. This one's kind of a weekly report, but Jalen Harlison, I thought he was really good again. I, this week I was impressed with his him running the floor. I feel like every time he was just able to get down the floor faster than everyone else and score layups, and he's he's just really quick and he's he's got a really really good frame. And before you before you get move on, so he messaged us this week. He messaged me this week, said he listened to the podcast, which is cool. It's good, you know. You don't really think of kids listen to the podcast, but they do. Um, and he's young for his grade. Yeah. So not only were we, I mean, I know that was his, and I probably miss, I probably misspoke a little bit thinking that not really speculating if he did or, or didn't reclass, obviously it was just a curiosity if, if that had happened, but you know, you look at his physical, physical maturation, you think, well, you know, maybe he's just old for his grade and it turns out he's not, he's young. Um, he doesn't turn 15 until April. Uh, so he's, yeah, so he's 14 years old doing what he's doing against those varsity guys. And he, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of success he has during the school year. Uh, because obviously there's going to be, you know, game planning, scouting, you know, trying to, trying to find tendencies in what he does, what he can do well, what he doesn't necessarily do well just yet and, and how to operate, you know, how to operate against teams that are going to be able to match him physically. Um, but you know, the, with with offers already from Indiana and Maryland, I mean he's sky's kind of the limit for him right now, and you know Fishers has got himself a good one there. So I was hoping to remember between that and and we've already Zach and I talked about this earlier on the pod because Zach's a big. I mean obviously he covers Northern Indiana for us. So Kaleo, we've been we've been calling him Kaleo Kakalia, and it's it's Kakalika or Kakalia. I don't know why is that so hard for me to say Kakalia. So we, we, we screwed up the Harrelson thing last week. We screwed up Kakalia. And, and so I was hoping that I would remember to discuss both those things this week. And we, we got it in there. So, and actually we had, I think we had one of the teachers too, from Fishers um, <laughs> randomly messaged me saying he listens to the podcast and had commented on Jalen's age as well. So um, good looking out, good looking out for the kids. That's good. 
and absolutely did not mind Jalen at all reaching out. Um, I have no problem ever being corrected, um, especially on the factual stuff. So I'll argue motion offense versus dribble drive all day, but, but you know, in terms of being corrected on facts that we screw up, I'm all, I'm all in on being corrected. So, so yeah, go ahead keep going. You, I just wanted yep. to, when you brought that up, I wanted to bring that up. I wanted to correct it. Yep. And one more from that team, uh, Christian Nunn was with them this week he and was, that's, yeah. That's my first time seeing him play, I believe. Um, and I thought he was really impressive. I feel like he's got a really good frame. Um, and he he drove really well, and he has a really good motor, I thought. And his shot looked pretty good, but I was mostly impressed with this kind of mid-range pull-up and driving skills. And he looked like a really good guard overall and and looks pretty solid for uh, Crispus Attucks over there. So, yeah. Well, feel and, free to throw any more names out there. I'm going to yeah. – go ahead. And I was going to say Trey Miller, who's a uh, about, a, I think, 6'1 guard from Newcastle. Yeah. who played with Coach Avance's team. I was just really impressed with his three-point shooting ability. Um, I feel like he helped them. I think his shooting was really one of the X factors for them winning the Varsity B championship. Um, and he even hit some shots that were like NBA range threes. And he his shot looks really good, and it's a nice quick shot. And he'll probably be – the guy for Newcastle this year with uh, Cole McDaniel graduating from last year. Um, he averaged, I think about 10 a game this year. So I, I, I was, I'll be interested to see how he does this year. And then Richard Brooks, um, he had, I mean, I feel like I said this, I feel like every week we talk about him, but he, I, I thought again, um, in all the games, he's just always a consistent factor. Um, good shooter really composed well and uh he had he uh had a little bit of a scary fall in that one game and he came back and hit some threes later on he just he's a tough player that really is really he's a really good player so yeah zach and i talked about his fall and how that was scary we had a couple of instances that that where it was way way it looked way worse than what it ended up being and, and very and very fortunate i mean you can't look the only way to avoid instance related injuries is just to never play yeah and i just don't know how realistic that is obviously i think the more you play the more chances you have but but i don't don't think that you can protect yourself from from those types of situations short of just never playing um you know it's but yeah we, we we were able to go through this through the league with with only one really long longer lasting injury and that was the Danny Kelly, the younger Kelly boy, uh, who did have an arm fracture that's probably going to keep him out for three weeks. Um, but um, yeah, his his fall and, and also Marielle Poe, 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 another name that we had been mispronouncing, trying to say it was Puo, but it's just Poe, Marielle Poe from Burbuff. He he was definitely a name that I wanted to mention because I, I thought his his scoring, his, his um Footwork in the paint and really around the basket, even driving is was, was good to watch. And, it's, you know, he's going to step into a big role at, at Brebuff. Obviously, they have Billy Smith, who we could we could also name. Again, we could name a lot of guys during, you know, in these two pools, especially. But but, you know, Marial will be like, you know, they lose Evan Altman to graduation, uh, who, who's in the GLBC. Um, and. You know, in steps Poe, who, who may not, he's probably not as physical as, as Altman, but he's shiftier with the ball and he's able to get 
off different types of shots and an improved Billy Smith. I mean, I think Burbuff is still going to be, I mean, Burbuff will, will come into this year being one of the top three A teams in the state and Marial will be part of that, but he was good. I couldn't be more impressed with how Joey Hart played during, during these games. Um, he just, he, he doesn't lack, I mean, he's, there's not a whole lot of flair to his game. He, he's a, he's intelligent off the ball. Um, and he is, um, he is um, just a tremendous shooter and, and a sneaky athlete too, but his shooting over contested people, you know, his taking of contested shots was, was high level this during this camp or during this league. And I, you know, I, I saw it firsthand when we played him and we wanted to play him and he burned us. And it was, I mean, it was, I feel like we've got a couple of kids who can really guard and, and he, he was still really effective. So, uh, any anybody else? I mean, I've still got a couple more th- notes to pass out there, but anybody else? I, I can't really think of anyone else. I feel like I think the, um, I, but I think the most impressive guy I saw throughout the tournament, I thought, was I was really impressed with Jalen Harlison, just how good yeah. he is at his age and how much sky high ceiling he has, like you mentioned. So yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, we had couple of themes that I liked in the, especially in the older age groups. I like that Anderson, the high school looks like they, they're starting to get some talent back in back through there. You know, they, they had some nice players there and I, not just of Anderson high school, but Liberty Christian as well. But, but for me, it's as a, as a guy that's older who remembers when Anderson, you know, when all the NCC schools and Anderson Highland, Madison Heights were really loaded teams it's, it's nice seeing some talent get back through that school. And, you know, they've, they've got, um, I mean, get, they've got Tyrell Willis. They've got Jaquan Ingram. Both were in the league. Uh, Sean Page was a kind of an underrated shooter uh, at six, six and was, was really effective against us. And, you know, those, those guys are going to be part, of what should be a better Anderson team this year. So it was good to see them, good to see those kids perform. Uh, and then the freshmen that we talked about, we've talked about it periodically that have, that have played in those top two pools. Harrelson, obviously, we've talked about every week. Xavier Robinson from Lawrence North played with, uh, with, with Coach Saunders's group. LeBron, LeBron Go from, from Cathedral played. And, and then um, – Chase Kaneski from South Bend St. Joe, who played for Hadkovich. Um, you know, he a very good shooter, a different player than what his brother is, who's at Notre Dame now, but but a very good shooter. And for a freshman to compete against some of those guys, you know, he didn't have the impact that Harrelson did, and he may not have even had the impact that that Robinson did, but he still proved that he belonged out there. And and I like that those older kids embraced him you know they all came down together to play as a team this is their fourth year of doing it and it was nice they made a big deal out of winning it was funny they were like finally a team from northern indiana won this thing because it has been kind of dominated by the the indianapolis area teams which you know mirrors what the high school season looks like sometimes but you know hakovich won his pool or won i'm sorry not won his pool but won that the main bracket and they were impressive and you know they um they deserved it. So that was a, a good group. We're going to be posting, hopefully by the time with this podcast is published, we will have pictures and, and brackets and rosters 
post it on social media. That that tends to be that's what I'm going to probably do tomorrow morning. Um, so hopefully by the time this is published, that'll be out there or at least getting it ready to do. So other than record a couple of podcast segments today, I did nothing. So <laughs> I did not. I did nothing today basketball related. So um, uh, a couple names, Casey Keelan from Providence thought was was really effective. And then I'm going to throw a shout out to three of the guys, three of my guys that I thought were really consistent. Um, Preston Roberts. Well, I mean, look, I I thought we did well. You know, Preston, uh, Noblesville, Gavin Welch from Newcastle, um, Dylan Moles from Greenfield, you know, Jesse Ferris from Ben Davis, and, and Jake Cherry from Peak and Eastern. Um, you know, those guys were real consistent for us, and. Um, I thought Landon Beagle, still one of, in my mind, still one of the best shooters in the state. He struggled a little bit with his shot, but he's also out there trying some new things. And then we were able to get really good input, really good production or, or participation from um, from Caleb Kellums from North Harrison and and, and Tyler Kirkoff from from Greenfield. So um, did we we didn't talk about did how did Braylon Mullins do? I mean, we talked a little bit about him earlier in the podcast because he got the IEPUI offer. Did he did he get much done in the, the couple weeks he was here? Um, I, I I'm not sure. Saw? Let me see. What team was he on? Anderson. Oh, with, the, with oh. Harrelson. I remember what I remember him now. I feel like I just looked at him as a really good shooter. Um, yeah. and he, I feel like, yeah, that, that was my top comment. I'd say. And he wasn't on the roster, so you you probably had to figure out who the heck he was. Well, now I know who he was though, because I yeah. I was wondering who one guy was, but yeah. <laughs> now you know. Now you know. Yeah, that was probably know, my yeah. fault. That's probably my fault. Um, when it became clear he was going to play every week, I should have put him on there. But yeah. But no, he he picked up an offer from IUPUI, so we talked. Zach and I talked about that earlier. So, well, Chris, appreciate it. Um, as always, or as you did last year, you did an excellent job. Um. I think we're going to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's what signs we'll get on the tap on tap this week? Yep, just uh, Kokomo sectional championship Friday, and then hopefully we can bring that home. That'd be awesome. That'd be three in a row, so that'd be pretty exciting. Nice. Well, we're uh, we got a, a, my reads, or I just upgraded some computer stuff, so my iCloud's not updated. So I'm not going to be able to do my reads. But uh, thanks to Box Out Sports for providing us with some outstanding basketball graphics and and as i say every week podcast or courtside indiana podcasts on spotify and apple podcasts you can subscribe to each of those uh, via your uh, via your phone tablet or computer so those are listening every week we appreciate it and those are listening for the first time hopefully you'll come back and subscribe look forward to getting some ratings and reviews and definitely look forward to the five-star ratings that that never hurts um, also, if you have any input, anything you want to DM us, our DMs are always open at courtside IND. That's courtside IND on Twitter. Chris, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.